Are skinwalkers the real king of the jungle? Could a fully grown man eat a chair? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hello everyone and welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week we investigate a brand new paranormal tale, case, claim, beast, and come to the conclusion at the end of this podcast as to whether or not it is truly paranormal. My name is Rory Powers and I am joined by my co-investigator, Kit Greer. Howdy, Rory. I gotta say, uh, just bouncing off some of those questions in the beginning, um, I could tell you one thing for free. This grown man can't eat a chair. Can, can not or can eat a chair? Can't. Okay. Have you have you tried? I bought an Eames lounger. Uh, this is a very sought after, very beautiful chair. Most people love it because of its uh, design ethos. I love it because it, it looked delicious. Yeah, I feel like some of the names of those IKEA chairs sound delicious. Mm-hmm. There's probably a couple. I'm gonna look up IKEA chairs. Right, it'll be we'll called like anything. plume or something, and Ooh, I'll be I'd, like, "Well, I now could, I'm thinking about plums." So I could devour a plume. Borge, having a slice of borge. <laughs> well, that doesn't N- sound Nilzo. like food at all. Do you want some Nilzo? <laughs> These are terrible examples. What about Voxlov? What about a heaping plate of Voxlov? <laughs> I think I had that at a buffet um, <laughs> on my last summer holidays. There's one here just called Stefan. <laughs> well. Would you like a piece of Stefan? This is entirely disproven, the idea that they have any kind of delicious names. Yeah, that was a that was a bad example. Um, but anyway, welcome to the podcast. We told you about the concept. As you know, we don't like to dilly-dally at the start. We like to dive right in. Um, but, but I feel like I should talk about my week because I'm in a pretty unique situation right now where I am quarantining at home. I've been stuck here for five days now. And... Um, Losing my mind a little bit, quite frankly. Yeah, it's kind of just, just as the rest of the world was getting out, you're going back in. Which really sucks. It's also a gorgeous day. It's really sunny outside and I'm stuck in here. But I told you I, I, I recently bought a virtual a VR headset, mm-hmm. an Oculus Quest. And I've kind of been spending almost most of my time in virtual reality for the mm-hmm. last five days. So... Uh, <laughs> Can't really tell if I'm even plugged in anymore, if this is the real deal. So is that something to worry about? Maybe. Who knows? You're podcasting with a giant armadillo. I mean, <laughs> Kit looks pretty much the way I remember him. So so it's nice to uh, to be able to do this podcast and have a, <laughs> have some human interaction for once, you know? <laughs> but I'm doing okay. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Are you sure? Don't worry, don't worry about old Rory. He's fine. All right. So without further ado, let's just dive right into today's episode. Now, today's episode is is a bit of a fun one. It starts off with basically a huge story, a really cool kind of ghost story. So, listeners, just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Today's story begins in the Mino province of Japan, at an unknown point in time. Can, we get, a, can we get a ballpark? <laughs> uh, olden days, we'll say. Okay. A traveling Zen pre... Don't interrupt, for a start. Uh... Especially I didn't, not, especially, I didn't especially, say anything. But you no, know, you did before, and especially at the start of the story where this is the most important bit where we're setting the scene. I literally didn't do anything. What are you talking about? Do you think at the start of Lord of the Rings where they were like, oh, long time ago, a hobbit lived in a hole. Do you think someone goes, what time though? What time did the hobbit live in the hole? I feel, it feels weird that you kind of moved on from that and then just, it, it's like you couldn't move on yourself in your own mind and you had to come back and call me out for Some it. Some things are just irrelevant, right? Just enjoy 
hoping enjoy the story. Yeah, the thing is that was fiction. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is fiction. I'm hoping that this is fact. This is absolutely fact and treated as such moving forward. Please. <clears throat> An elf talked to it a gnome. <laughs> it was the olden days, and a traveling Zen priest named Muso Kokushi was journeying alone through the mountains of the Mino prefecture of Japan. After some time had passed on his journey, he realized he was lost. No matter which direction he chose, he couldn't find a hint of civilization, and it was getting dark. After hours of helpless searching, Muso was ready to collapse. But suddenly, he saw a house high up on the hilltop in front of him. He mustered his remaining strength and staggered up the mountain. There on the peak stood an Anjitsu, which is a little house built for kind of refuge. The place was so old it looked like it was falling down, but with nowhere else to turn, Muso knocked on the splintered wooden door. It was answered by a wizened old Zen priest. Sumimasen, watashi wa samui desu. Can you grant me the favor of a night's lodging? I've been lost in the wilderness for hours. But the old Zen priest wasn't having any of it. No, get out of here. Try your luck in the village down that road. Just leave. Wow, that's really rude for a priest. Aren't they supposed to be nice? Yeah, well, I mean, it's already a bit of a strange situation to have this Zen priest kind of just living in an old rickety building in the middle of nowhere. Right. I don't know who's the scary one in this situation. Is it weird for a stranger to find your house in the wilderness and ask to come in? Or is it weird to, to the only house in the wilderness to be this old crookedy down building it's kind of strange yeah no neither people want this situation right right that's a good way to look at it our traveler he, he doesn't want to be knocking on a wizened old hut uh, in the middle of nowhere late at night on death's door yeah he was looking for a hotel motel holiday inn and uh, none were available because as i established earlier it is in fact the olden days that's right there is no after party in the lobby or anything like that so disappointed and exhausted, Muso made his way to the village in the valley. And when I say village, I'm talking maybe 10 houses at most. This is not a big place. Yeah, do you know the name of the place? No, I do not. And I resent you for asking, because you know that there's not a lot of information in the story. So he limped his way to the nearest door when he reached the village and asked for help. Luckily, it was the village leader's house, and he was a kind man. Oh, you poor thing. Come in. Let's get you something to eat and somewhere to lay down your head. But as Muso stepped into the house, he was greeted by a strange scene. There were around 50 people gathered in the front room. He stepped closer to see what was going on, but the leader's wife steered him away. Over here, dear. She led him into a small room with a meal and a bed. The sight of the tray and food made him forget all about the party in the living room. He gobbled it down and then passed out immediately. But around midnight, he started to stir. He could hear something. Somebody was crying, howling. By the sound of that, they were in the house next over, and yet it was loud enough to rouse Muso from his sleep. He sat up in bed, and at that very moment, the village leader came into his room. I'm so sorry your sleep has been disturbed. Let me explain. My father passed shortly before you arrived. Uh, I didn't tell you because... I could see that you needed help. Muso felt terrible, but he was also touched, and that explained why the whole village had been assembled when he got there. But the village leader wasn't finished. I wanted to let you sleep as long as possible, but now it's time to go. 
we're all leaving. The whole village. What? Pretty creepy. I mean, that's not what you want to hear when you wake up in the morning. He knew it's it was like, too good to be true. God damn like, it. <laughs> he came to this place. They weirdly just had a room with food and drink and everything set up. What kind of cult has he joined? What kind of <laughs> up situation has he walked into? He's probably a human sacrifice now or something. Can you imagine waking up in the morning and someone's like, hey, good morning, sleepyhead. Uh, it's 4 a.m. The city's being evacuated and we're all, we all have to leave or we'll disintegrate at sunrise. <laughs> I made you a smoothie. So Genghis Khan is here and we have to go. I mean, you can't really complain too much. You you got a full meal. You got a couple hours. You got to take what you can get here. I mean, it's better than, yeah, encountering that first uh, grumpy priest who uh, you weren't going to get anything out of. Although at this point, Muso might be thinking to himself, I should have killed that priest and taken his hut. I don't think that kind of thought would pop into his head. As a traveling Zen priest? I don't know, you said it was olden times. <laughs> I mean, he's a traveling Zen priest. I mean, what would you do? Would you leave? Well, I mean, <laughs> you just say to the village elder, No, I'll be staying right here. You put your eye mask and earplugs back in. <laughs> it was already kind of weird that um, you crashed the funeral of his dead father. They should have brought that up. They should have, when he was at the door, they should have been, hey, you're obviously going through a lot of stuff. We'd love to have you in. Just so you know, this is a wake. Yeah. <laughs> there was a corpse in the kitchen. At, the, uh, at this point, it's kind of a dick move that the village elder doesn't mention it. Because Musa right, is right. not like, no, I look like the f asshole. Like, is this, his, is this his bedroom? Am I in his room? <laughs> yeah. Here, take my father's clothes. He shan't be using them anymore. They're still warm. Is, is he on... <laughs> Yeah, I love this idea of uh, them waking up uh, Musa when they're like, uh, you, you have to leave right now. And it's like, well, it's it's 4 a.m. I'm not even dressed. I don't have anywhere to go. Well, it's the least you can do after you crashed my father's f***ing funeral. And it's like, you didn't tell me that. He pulls his shotgun. Whoa! <laughs> yeah, he's been kind of thrown into this. I would have I would have liked to have been tipped off at the door. It's like when, uh, I mean, even just in simple uh, modern mortal terms, not ancient zen priest times you know if you stay at someone's house and they're like uh you're like oh hey i'll just i'll just sleep on the sofa and they're like no i insist you take my bed i sleep on the sofa it's like no because that's weird i'm gonna this feel guilty so all night i'm not gonna get a good <laughs> good night's sleep i'm gonna sleep better as a humble little sofa peasant to totally yeah totally you don't want to feel like you're intruding on at least i don't i think i, I think we're both pretty self-aware when it comes to like staying at someone else's place. Right. Like in the morning, I'm like, hey, I'm I, all my shit's packed up. I'm ready to go. I don't want to impose at all. There was uh, way back when the Xbox first came out, mm. we had uh, one friend who got it like quite early on before other people. So we used to go to his house all the time and just play the Xbox. But we used to love playing there so much that we would stay there throughout the whole day. Right. So right. at times like his dad would come home from work and they'd have dinner together as a family. And they'd be like, hey, I'm going to go have dinner with my parents and my siblings. You guys can just stay in my room and play Xbox. It's totally fine. The only problem was his room didn't have a door. Mm -hmm. It was just a curtain that you pulled. <laughs> and the other side of the curtain was the dinner table. It's unbelievably <laughs> awkward. And you didn't, you didn't have the same courtesies you have now, by the way. So you cranked Halo 2... <laughs> 
<laughs> to max volume. You're throwing sticky grenades. Oh, you're, yeah. The epic music is playing. They can barely hear themselves chew. They're sitting down at the table being like, so um, uh, how wins everyone's day today? Triple kill. Oh, I nailed him. Um, there's uh, some ketchup in the freezer if anyone wants those. I'm teabagging this son of a bitch. Lick my balls. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that this is this is as close as I can relate is like being in it being feeling welcome in a situation But also a little bit uncomfortable <laughs> Well, as I said, this is the strangest part of the story so far is that not just Muso has to leave Everyone is leaving. He was so confused The leader went on to say it's our custom on a day such as this when one of our number has died Terrible things happen to anyone that stays in the house with the corpse Nobody except a priest would be brave enough to stay the night here. What are the chances? Muso told his host, Yo, I'm- Dude, I'm a f priest! So I can- You guys leave. I'll stay. I'll stay in your dad's bed, in your dad's clothes. I'm a priest. I'm bulletproof. He not only told him that he was a priest, but he promised to perform a service and stay by the body meditating until sunrise. The village leader was ecstatic, but also eager to get out the door. Wow. I mean, even if you're a priest, that's got to be a little unnerving, right? I, I guess. Maybe if you've done it, if you've done this sort of thing a bunch of times, mm. it's not that scary anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And you've probably dealt with a lot of uh, suspicious um, village people who are worried that ghosts are going to haunt them and stuff. But the priest's like, I've been, I've seen loads of dead bodies. I'm, I'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I once, because my mom is a nurse. She's been a nurse for like... Wow, like 40 years or something. Sure. And uh, I remember one time as a teenager, I was like, have you ever seen like a dead body? And she's like, I've been face to face with someone while they've died. Sure. Mid conversation. I was of like, course. okay, that's not a weird thing to you anymore. Yeah. Because it's like, it's part of your life. It's part of your profession. Maybe it's the same kind of thing with uh, Muso. He's like, dude, I, I meditate all the time right next to dead bodies. This is what I do. This is my podcast. I would low-key listen to that. So all the villagers and everyone in the house rush out the door. As they did, the entire village thanked him profusely as they left. Look after yourself. Good luck, said the leader as he closed the door behind him. Muso was now alone. He made his way to the living room where the body lay, surrounded by offerings of meat and fruit. He lit some incense and prepared to recite his service. After performing all the traditional ceremonies, Muso stayed true to his word and remained in the room with the corpse. He was meditating, listening to the quiet of the empty hamlet at night. But suddenly, the silence intensified. In the corner of the room, Muso could see the door opening, but it made no noise. As soon as it swung forward, he felt his entire body stiffen. He couldn't move, he couldn't speak. He couldn't tear his eyes away from the doorway. Then right before him, a looming shape lumbered into the room, almost as tall as the ceiling. It was just a mass of black, unlike any earthly creature Muso had ever seen before. It advanced towards him, but stopped at the body laid out on the table in the center of the room. Then it slowly lifted the corpse high into the air and engulfed it headfirst in seconds. What? Clothes and all. Holy shit. This night beast devoured the dad. This is no face from Spirited Away. This is a giant uh, demon with a big mouth. 
The dark being then collected up all the offerings left by the mourning family and devoured them too in one bite. When there was nothing left, it slowly retreated from the room. What was in that damn incense Muso lit? <laughs> Whatever it was, it wasn't enough. <laughs> See, I'm thinking, is he tripping right now? But I guess you're right. Whatever, whatever spells of protection he was trying to cast did not work. He was lighting incense when he should have been lighting Jurassic Park style flares <laughs> to distract the beast. He should have been erecting a electric fence around the property. <laughs> As the creature left the room, Muso regained his ability to move, but when he looked around the door, he couldn't catch a glimpse of the creature. The next morning when the villagers returned, Muso was waiting for them. The head villager and his family were overjoyed to see him safe and well. Muso! O genki desu ka? We were so worried about you. Not genki. <laughs> genki <laughs> no. arimasen. Get, no genki, okay? No genki, no genki. What's Japanese for night beast? <laughs> Muso's like, you f***ed me. You told me some bad stuff would happen. You didn't say a T-Rex-sized demon would come to eat everything in the house. They left for a reason. Someone there has seen this thing before, and that's why they leave. And to not give him that, to just be like, oh, you're a priest? Oh, dude, you're going to be, you're going to be fine. You're going <laughs> to love this. <laughs> now I'm starting to think they were uh, trying to lure passersby into the house on the night of the great purge. Right, right, right. To, to be like, oh, hey, we need someone to stay behind while we go to, I don't know, gather berries. Um, everything's going to be fine, though. Good luck. Do you mind uh, looking after my, my dad over here? Yeah. Um, you put on our, our tr traditional headrest, which is just a bunch of fruit, and uh, put these, put the, spread this jam on your nipples, because that's, that's something we do here at this ceremony, uh, and just dip your ass in this barbecue sauce. It's all part of the ceremony that we have here at the, uh, the village. Wow. <laughs> I really hope no Airbnb I ever stay at, they ask me to dip my ass in barbecue sauce. Well, Musa was wondering how to break the news that the body and all of the carefully wrapped offerings had been eaten. But when the village entered the front room, nobody even turned a hair at the sight of the empty table. Noticing Musso's confusion, the man at the house explained that it was the law of the land to vacate immediately after a death, and whenever this rule has been broken, great misfortune has struck shortly after. The village leader said, But as you were here last night, I'm sure you saw the cause. Musso then spilled his entire story about the terrifying visitor. The leader was nodding gravely as he listened, but there was still something Musso didn't understand. If they had wanted a priest to do the ceremony for the deceased, why didn't the family get the old priest in the Anjitsu on the top of the hill, instead of just hoping that a random traveler would pass by? When he asked about it, the family looked at one another, confused. What are you talking about? There is no Anjutsu on the hill. Oh, I'm gonna add in some cool effects there. You don't seem as blown away by that statement as uh, as I thought you would be. I thought you were going to really respond to that. I'm on the edge of my seat. I, I need to hear <laughs> what happened to the Anjitsu. <laughs> as much as Muso tried to tell them that he'd seen it with his own eyes, even talked to the occupant, the family were adamant. There had been no priest in residence in the region for generations. Deciding not to press the matter, Muso relented and prepared to get on his way. But before he could continue his journey, he couldn't resist the urge to climb back up the hill 
to see if there really was an Anjitsu up there or if he'd been hallucinating. Seems fair enough, doesn't it? Climb up the hill, gotta quickly find out if either you're mad or uh, yeah. demons are real. <laughs> yeah. Because things are trending in the latter direction. <laughs> Given last night's events, you don't really yeah. know what's true anymore. Musso's been through a lot in 24 hours. So it'd be a good thing to know when the crazy started. Is Was the hut real? Yeah. Or, or did things get weird when I ate those berries at the funeral? Is that when things got weird? Do you think training as a priest is the right training for this situation? Do you think Musso is, uh, is he like... Man, I, god damn, I'm glad I'm a priest because I'm trained to deal with this kind of shit. Or is right, or is right. he like uh nothing that I thought is real is real anymore. What what's the point? Yeah, because I mean, he's described as being this a wandering Zen priest, but he seems pretty blindsided by the fact that a 10-foot demon does exist in the real world. Mm -hmm. So it seems like he doesn't really have the training or knowledge behind this particular creature. You know, because it's like if there was a zombie outbreak today, just as an example, if I was a priest, I'd be like, this is pretty interesting. You know, this seems like a kind of apocalypse type day situation, which I know a little bit about. But sure. at the same time, I'd actually rather be a policeman because I'd have a gun and a <laughs> right, fast yeah. car and uh, I'd know how to um, break a zombie's neck or something. You best at least hope that your church carries some sort of ceremonial sword. <laughs> To, to be able to whip out. Because holy water ain't cutting. It. No, it actually riles them up a little bit. If you go out there with a super soaker and start shooting the zombies with holy water, yeah. you're going to get, that's how you get bitten pretty fast. <laughs> so Muso climbed back up the mountain and sure enough, when he made it to the summit, there it was, the tumbled down old building. Without a warning, the door burst open and the elderly priest who'd sent Muso away dropped to his knees in a deep bow. Whoa. I'm so ashamed. <laughs> I came out weird. I was good. Please forgive me. Musso tried to calm the man, telling him that he forgave him for refusing him shelter. At least the old man had pointed him in the right direction of the village. That pretty much saved his life. Did it? After almost dying at the hands of a demon? Well, he was pretty tired. Before, <laughs> ah! <laughs> before, he, he would have been fine just having a nap <laughs> in a field for two hours. Yeah, it's like, no, you can't stay at my house. You can't sleep by my tree. But just down the road is Demon City. No, Anything all right. <laughs> See you later. I'm no. good. I'll keep walking. I'll just walk through the night. He got, I told you, he got a good couple hours sleep. He got a meal. He had, an, aside from the 24th How night good beast, could he the had a meal pretty... <laughs> be? If this was a filet mignon michelin starred meal it doesn't make up for what came next if the dessert course is a demon from hell spanks your ass for 45 minutes it doesn't make up for the divine souffle well look it's the it's the ratatouille argument would you eat a delicious meal if the con was it was cooked by a rat would you <laughs> that con is on such a lower level than what happened to muso would you not eat a delicious five-star meal if the chef was a black hole <laughs> of course i would I, I i think i might i think i might but even though muso said that he forgave him the old man wouldn't stop crying he said that's not why i'm ashamed it's because last night you saw me in my true form <gasps> i am a jiki ninki an eater of human flesh 
and I only have myself to blame. Well, it was nice knowing you. Take it easy. Have <laughs> um, a good one. Don't know why I came back. All the all the signs were there. All the red flags. My story begins. At- no. No, I already I know too it. much. I don't want to hear it. I'm going to go to a different village. One that just has a f-ing KFC and a Holiday Inn. This is nuts. <laughs> the guy's like, I'm a, I'm a flesh-eating demon. <laughs> like, I'm good. I, would you like a bowl of soup? <laughs> Muso's like, I am pretty hungry, actually. I guess I could take a bowl of soup from a jiki ninki. You just know the next village he would get to is uh, a little more modern. Maybe it has a drive through McDonald's. Sure. And as he walks through, he's like, yeah, can I just... I've had a rough day. Can I just get like a uh, a 20-piece McNugget meal, please? And the voice of the intercom is like... Of course. But first you must hear my story. Another oh. Jiki Ninki? No. No, sir. This is Demon City. <laughs> this is Demon City after all. No. Oh. I thought I took the left away from Demon City. I'd like to recommend the Happy Meal, for I have never had a Happy Meal in my life. Okay, this is this is just sad. Other than human flesh, <laughs> I have to ask: Is the quarter ponder? Is the quarter ponder human flesh? Yes. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'll just get my six McNuggets and go. Six McMahon Nuggets? No. Did you did you say man? Did you say McMahon nuggets? I don't want, I want chicken nuggets. <laughs> McMahon nugget. <laughs> the fact that McDonald's went to the degree of branding this this human flesh nugget. I also love that there's that many cheeky ninkies that an entire fast food restaurant of human flesh has been set up. <laughs> the old man explained that decades ago, he was this region's priest, offering his services to all the small towns across the mountain range. But he got greedy. And it became all about the money and gifts. When his natural life came to an end, he was reborn as a Jikininki, cursed to crave rotting flesh until the end of time. Jesus Christ. The old man begged Muso to pray for him and perform a special rite, a Segaki service. But no sooner had the words left his lips, he evaporated, gone in an instant. Looking around, Muso was no longer in the hilltop Anjutsu. He was kneeling alone in a field of long, unkempt grass. This is mad. What is happening? It's getting a little wild. It's getting a little wild, sure. Looking around for any sort of clue as to where he was, he noticed something on the ground in front of him. Peeking between the blades of grass was a weathered tombstone belonging to a priest that had passed decades before. And that is the story of Muso and the Jikininki. I feel like... We just experienced a cutscene from Legend of Zelda. Uh, so, he, <laughs> yeah. so he was teleported from his location on the hill. He met with the old man. He played the song of healing. <laughs> what don't you get? This is this is straight out of Majora's Mask, actually. <laughs> you found the spirit. You played the, the song of healing. Then it becomes a grave and you get his face now. Right. I don't know if it was either the old man confessing his mm. sins or... Or Muso saying that he forgave the old man. Whatever happened in that process, uh, his soul was redeemed and he was finally able to rest, which is quite nice. That's a quite nice little conclusion. Wow. It's pretty funny. Like I was just asking, you know, it, it really are these kind of demons and ghosts part of uh, Zen Buddhist lore? But um, clearly, clearly they are. I'm guessing this story must have been passed on among Buddhists. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know if it's, necessarily uh buddhism but i mean japan in general 
has a, a huge rich history of uh, folklore, spirits and demons, Shinigami death gods, and uh, what do you call the little spirits? Yokai? Yokai, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Goat for ghosts. And there's so many of them. We've had a lot sent into this podcast to be investigated before, and this is kind of just one of them. This this idea of a, a hungry ghost, a devouring ghost. Wow. I hadn't really come across this before. A hungry ghost. Really cool. I really like the idea that something they did on Earth has just filled them with this insatiable hunger. It's pretty cool. I mean, it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? That if you're um, a hungry little shit uh, here on Earth and you're never satisfied, why would like everlasting peace come over you as soon as you die? Yeah, I mean, greed, gluttony... Two sins that all involve kind of hunger and dissatisfaction. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it kind of makes sense. Now, I guess we should go over exactly what we've got on our hands here with specifically the Jiki Ninki. I'm going to level with you. There's not a lot out there about this particular type of cryptid. <laughs> he came into this world, ate a man, and then left it shortly after. They, uh, This, I believe, was the story, the earliest story that kind of set them up and told their, their history. Mm. Um. But there aren't many even contemporary cases of people having encounters with this creature. But uh, let me lay down what we've got and uh, we'll see what you think. Okay. The name translates to human-eating ghost. So when you think about it, any time somebody dies in the village, that's why everybody leaves. Because they know that this creature is going to come down and devour the body. It's said that they are the spirits of greedy, selfish, and sacrilegious people who were cursed after death. They're trapped between the world of the living and the dead, and can only manifest after dark. Like the ancient priest in this story, they exist solely to chow down on corpses and feel like shit about the situation. Wow. Which I actually kind of like, you know, because a lot of a lot of times we'll have a ghost who is a- appearing, haunting people, and he's actually having a pretty good time. Like Corny, the Irish ghost. That's right. You know, that wasn't a curse. He's just immortal and now likes to party. He's living his best afterlife. Whereas I I like the idea of this creature that has to eat human flesh, but is pretty much miserable and feels really bad about it the whole time. Well, I don't like it. That that seems seems evil, but it's a cool concept. I can completely relate. I mean, I feel like a jiki ninki every time I have a Domino's meal deal. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to devour an ungodly amount and then... uh, feel terrible about it afterwards you're just in the bathroom at the end of the day looking at your own reflection in the mirror saying forgive me i'm so ashamed (laughs) forgive me yeah we've we've all we've all been in a similar situation before where we've devoured an ungodly amount of food and um wanted to pass away and become a tombstone (laughs) what i would have given for a zen priest to come along and put me out of my misery (laughs) that's the difference is no priest would forgive me for the amount of domino's pizza that i consumed Uh, you're a monster i was going to and then i heard you ordered the brownies as well (laughs) if you come to my apartment everyone i live with is evacuating they're like we don't like to be here when the pizza (laughs) arrives we'll return at nightfall uh But there's another way to become a Jiki Ninki. Some say that even a righteous human can be struck with a curse that compels them to engage in cannibalism. Whoa. This act is enough to transform the innocent person into a wretched beast, incapable of deriving any pleasure from life and suffering unending hunger. Wow. So don't get the McMahon nuggets. Don't eat any human flesh. That's fascinating, though. I mean... 
that sounds like normally you become a cheeky ninky after death yeah. if you were a bad person, greedy person through your life. But what they're saying is that if a living person is simply cursed, they actually start being a cheeky ninky while alive, it seems like. They start eating flesh. Yeah, or or when they die, then they become a jikininki if okay. they ate some human flesh while they were alive. Either way, I'm a huge advocate for not eating human flesh. Uh, I actually have a picture of an artist representation of what a jikininki could look like. Wow. If you want to see. Now, this is a little bit different from the shadow creature. This is like another kind of version of what it could appear like. So let me send this over. It's pretty grisly. I'm not going to lie. I mean, this you already you didn't think this thing was going to look nice. Let's be honest. It is a ghost slash ghoul that eats hu dead humans. So, whoa, holy moly. Uh, this thing is hideous. It's awful, isn't it? This is a very disturbing image. Uh, what is it? It's a gargoyle. It's basically a gargoyle. Imagine a big fat gargoyle. Um bit more human-like, maybe. Horrible purple skin. Um, Fangs. Teeth like a demon. Eyes like a demon. Pointy ears like a demon. Those eyes are, like, looking right at me. Uh, it's horrible. This image is horrible because in the artist's illustration, it is just eating a, a corpse head first. So this and is... It looks like it's ripped straight out of the grave. It looks like it's ripped this body out of the dirt. Pure nightmare fuel, basically guys well it gives you an idea as to why an entire village would flee as soon as someone dies because you don't want to come face to face with that thing new no. ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, when we bottle up our emotions, it can start to affect us negatively. Sometimes it's important that we get stuff off our chest. Tell me about it. I found a UFO in the forest, and now this thing is attached to my chest. Jesus, that's an alien. Mm -hmm. All right, I was speaking metaphorically about dealing with emotions and talking about our feelings by using services like BetterHelp. I don't need to talk about my feelings. This thing can read my mind. Therapy can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. With BetterHelp, you can get matched with a life therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. We're saying they can get things off my chest, like uh, Zonktar here? Don't give it a name. Maybe me and Zonktar can sign up for BetterHelp together. Give it a shot, and whatever it is, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. Now, as I've said, information about these creatures is few and far between, but I've managed to pick out some juicy little snippets. Locals say that they apparently loot corpses for valuables before eating them, which I thought was kind of weird, but maybe that's also piggybacking off the greed thing. Mm, interesting. They still want money. They still want power. They still want berries and shit that's flying around the place well the weird part is is apparently that they you this is this is a bit nuts this is a little out there apparently they use that money that they steal 
to bribe the local officials to let them openly haunt villages and get enough corpses. Bad officials, bad officials. If you're taking bribes, bad enough to take bribes, right, from the Yakuza or local criminals, but yeah. to take bribes from a demon. <laughs> How evil can you get? I mean, you're basically guaranteeing that you're going to be a demon when you die. Why does this creature feel the need to negotiate with locals? Eat the officials. It can paralyze people on sight. It can pretty much do whatever it wants. I don't know why it needs to slide a $20 bill across a table and be like, hey, would you mind looking the other way while I eat this woman tonight? Is it just, is this just an explanation that people had to come up with for why the officials won't put a stop to the to the jiki ninki eatings uh, when it's in reality the officials are powerless to stop the eatings maybe yeah yeah maybe that it's a way of the um the villagers directing anger mm-hmm. it's like well we can't be angry at the ghost because he's cursed and he has to eat humans to survive but you are taking his d- dirty ghost money and you're letting this happen so while there is limited information there is a pretty comprehensive list of all of their abilities So why don't we run through some of the powers that these creatures possess? Let's go. All right. Number one, immortality. That figures. They're ghosts, right? They're ghosts. I guess maybe that hangs on having to eat humans, but still immortality. Yeah, what happens if they don't eat? Yeah, okay. Yeah, never mind. We got a lot lot to get through, so don't don't have a problem with that one, please. Uh, Next, invisibility. Oh, Pretty cool. Uh, not if you're on, not if you're Muso, but yeah, I guess. Power number three, intangibility. The power to phase through physical matter. Mm, that's just, a, a lot of this is just ghost stuff. Yeah, I never heard that word before, but that makes a lot of sense. This is ghost stuff. Power number four, super eating. The ability to consume enormous quantities of food with no ill effect. That's what my that's what I claim to have, but my doctor disagrees. My doctor says I have super cholesterol <laughs> from all the super eating. <laughs> my cholesterol's up here, but it doesn't affect me. Doctor's <laughs> like, it does. It absolutely does. <laughs> Even if I have the power of super eating. It's like, yes, it absolutely does. Uh, that's actually going to be a problem because uh, I don't actually have... Um, Super health insurance. So you don't you don't have regular health insurance either. So you, you're right. This is a problem. Ah, uh, power number five, cannibalism empowerment. What the ability to gain strength from cannibalism. Pretty sure that's how, how Kirby gets on. Cemetery empowerment, the ability to become more powerful while in a cemetery. Jesus. And finally, dimension travel. <laughs> This thing's like a D7 D mode time machine. It is. It, it can, can psycho dive. It can psycho dive. Fun fact, you know I went back and tried to find the uh the webpage for the D7 D mode time machine. Yeah. Uh, I think it's all offline now. They took it all down. The store is offline. I think I found their LinkedIn, but that was the best I could find, which is I mean, sad. In retrospect, we absolutely should have uh bought one. I feel like we could have got at least one viral uh, YouTube video out of it. Well, I believe it was $75,000 for one of them. We'll ask for a review unit then. Look, with all those with all those powers, how miserable can their existence be? Aside from the human eating part. Yeah. Don't have the ability of super happiness or life empowerment though. Yeah, that's true. You must really have to love cemeteries and graveyards 
and eating humans, I guess. Mm-hmm. But if a Jiki Ninki wants to be freed from its life of interdimensional travel, there is hope. If a holy man, like Muso, who never hurts his family or anyone else, prays from the heart for peace for the Jiki Ninki, then they will be freed and the soul can finally rest. Wow, that's it's cool there's a way out. It's also worrying they had to specify that the priest can't hurt his family. Uh, clearly they had some issues down the line with priests trying to pray. That's a pretty awkward moment when they do the great prayer <laughs> and the Jiki Ninki's still standing there. It's like, you told me before the prayer that you've never hurt your friends or family. It's like, no, no, I mean, no, I, to- I totally haven't. Emotionally, though, would that count? <laughs> yes, of course it counts. I think I'm just like, that. I'm just like, like clammy about it. I'm just like, yeah, I just feel weird. So I'm going to let someone else do it. You're traveling alone, I notice. Would there be a reason why your family or friends don't want to travel with you if you've never harmed them before? Like, that's kind of weird. Wife's a, my wife's a freaking... All right, well. She's a freaking ball buster is <laughs> okay. why. Phrases like that maybe would lead me to believe that the my reason kids, oh my God, you that don't the even wanna, sacred right didn't hate. work is because you're, you're, you're talking like this about your They're friends and family. They're little shits. They're little shits. Okay. They are. And then, but anyone would think that. <laughs> Even a priest. I really appreciate you, uh, you trying, but I don't. I don't think this is gonna work because it says in the in the lore that I need someone mm. who's pure of heart. It's just and, the um, well, sure, but my I want to help, but like I'm my heart is full of hate. Is the, okay. the issue? I saw you kick a turtle, by the way, just down the road before well, you got at to me, me. Funny, he looked at me funny. Right, that's not a reason to kick a turtle, and that would that alone would disqualify you from doing a passage like this. How zen can you be if you kicked a turtle? I feel pretty zen after I kicked the turtle. (laughs) I felt pretty damn zen when I left my wife. So to round things off, I did a little bit more research into the theme of ghosts with curses relating to eating. And uh, apparently it's a huge thing, this concept of hungry ghosts. Mm. Hungry ghosts are described in Buddhist, Taoist, Hindu, Sikh, and other texts as dead individuals who are afflicted with an insatiable hunger or thirst as a result of the bad deeds or evil they carried out in their lifetimes. You know? Jeff Bezos, hungry ghost. Bill Gates, hungry ghost. They're all going to be wandering around eating dead bodies for eternity. And no traveling Zen Buddhist is going to purge them of the Scrooge curse. McDuck, another famous hungry ghost. He's Oh, he's going to hell big time. <laughs> And the more I read about all the different types of these hungry ghosts, the more I realized that the Jiki Ninki actually got off pretty lucky. Really? Some of these other ghosts can eat whatever food they want, but however the curse works, they find it impossible to find food in the human world. Others can find food and drink, but they have pinhole mouths and can't swallow the food. Whoa! That's terrible. I don't like that one. That freaks me out. Jesus. They would have to shave down a McDonald's fry so it's like a freaking noodle and put it in. And that process would take about an hour and a half to get one McDonald's fry into your pinhole mouth. For other ghosts, food bursts into flames or rots as they devour it. Wow. (laughs) So dramatic. It's pretty, it's wild, right? I've had that one when I try and eat a Hot Pocket fresh out the microwave. The food bursts into flames as I devour it. Oh, it yeah. It melts my insides. Yeah, did you ever bake a potato? Oh, gee, they're like f***ing lava balls. That thing might... <laughs> you gotta wait for like six to eight working days for that thing to cool to an edible temperature. <laughs> I've cooked potatoes before 
where I feel like if I dropped it on the floor, it would do that thing where it melts through my floor <laughs> and then the floor of the apartment below and then sinks into the Earth's mantle. Uh, and maybe the worst of all, hungry Japanese ghost called Gaki can only eat shit. <laughs> Who's making these rules? What kind of overlord demon is making the rules? Because these are very harsh. How bad must you have had to be in your human life that you are not only cursed to be a ghost for eternity, but you can only eat shit. It, it, That's two things. There is, there is no more. There is the greatest existential punishment possible is being doomed to be a ghost forever to wander the earth. Why also put on top of it? Oh yeah, you got to eat shit three times a day too. Those were two people dishing out the punishment. Those were two people. That was one guy who was like being poetic about it. Yeah. You will live, but you will not live. You yes. will be there, but not there. Trapped in a gray world. Your soul will will pointlessly wander the sands of time until the very fabric of reality is shattered in front of you. And then someone else goes, and you can only eat shit. You can, <laughs> Yeah, sure. You can only eat human shit too. Whatever. Okay. And your ha- your hands are... It's fine. They have to wander eternity until the, rea- the fabric of reality just... Your hands are French fries, but you can't eat them. You got to use the fries to shovel the shit in your little pinhole mouth. We've covered it. We've covered everything. (laughs) And even after the fabric of reality disintegrates, you got to f***ing, you got to (laughs) drink through a straw. That's quite enough. That is quite enough. (laughs) This is like if God had a shoulder devil for when he's dissing out judgment. (laughs) Are you drinking Rockshore? I've been drinking beer this entire podcast. What? <laughs> you can't I'm six Ladies and gentlemen, we're recording at 5.45 a.m. Rory is still hammered. Dude, I, you got to take whatever you can in quarantine. Quar- being in quarantine <laughs> is like uh, airport rules. You can have a beer at 9 yeah. a.m. You can do you can do whatever you want. Wow. You just got to do whatever it is, takes you to get through. All right, hey, I'm not a buzzkill. I'm I'm not I'm not uh I'm not one to judge. Last night I sank four whiskey sours, put on my VR headset, and went to a world where cat girls are real. You gonna judge me for that one too, Malvana? I am actually something weird about having having drunk sex in VR. There really is actually. Wait, yeah. Is there is there really the is there really because I might cut that from the podcast if there's actually. It's not illegal though, is it? Might be okay. The way the whiskey sours are hitting you, you're hitting on these cat girls. What does a kitty have to do to get petted around here, huh? (laughs) The other cat is like, Uh, so I'm a uh, 32 year old software engineer. Oh, (laughs) sorry, your your cat avatar is pretty hot, though. Uh, You can see where I was. Could you just mute your mic? (laughs) You know, I will say, I've been uh, one of the games I've been playing a lot of in with my new headset is VR chat, uh, which is this you can just go to virtual reality worlds hang out with um, Oculus users all over the world. You were about to say cat girls, but go on. Yeah, you got out with cat girls all over the world. Uh, there is a huge, there's a pretty huge furry community in VR chat <laughs> that I was not made aware of until very recently. They don't put that on the box of the <laughs> Oculus when you buy it. They really don't. So that was pretty, that was Interesting. pretty weird. Interesting. Yeah. Sure. I, it makes sense because, you know, you can choose whatever avatar you want. And no one wants to be someone else more than the furry community. Pretty much. They want to be foxes and stuff. Um, Hey, more power to you. Go for it. You want to have a cat avatar and go to the cat world? Live your dream. Uh, That's kind of a weird note to uh, end the podcast on. (laughs) 
but maybe not as weird as someone telling someone else to drink through a straw. We gotta bleep that after. Uh, we're gonna have to as bleep, well. bleep, bleep, we're gonna have to bleep a lot of this podcast, I reckon. Um, look, Kit, today we've dive into not just the Jiki Ninki, but Hungry Ghosts is a concept. Uh, this is a bit of a weird podcast because usually we tell a story or talk about a specific creature and come to a conclusion as to whether or not it's true, as to whether or not it's paranormal. I think we can both agree that uh, this story is is more fiction. It's more lore. It's uh, more of a fantasy, a myth. Yeah. So um, it's been an enjoyable one to cover, but I don't think we need to have that debate of whether or not there are ghosts that eat humans after they die. Yeah, this is a, a this is a, an amazing story, fantastically researched. So thank you to um, to Rory and Amy Grisdale for for doing that an amazing um, story. Uh, yeah, it's it's so it's fascinating more for how it crosses over with other um, stories and ideas in the world, um, and less for its physical paranormal merit. Yeah, yeah, I think I mentioned before about uh, No Face from spirited away the studio ghibli movie it's that it's absolutely a hungry ghost right in the movie that's all it is uh yeah, oh, this is embarrassing because i actually wrote my dissertation at university on studio ghibli and talked about no face quite a lot and the inspiration behind him it did come from a couple different sources the face i believe came from a type of mask used in japanese theater right like a kabuki mask or something yeah i'm gonna nerd out on you a little bit here but this mask is designed so that depending on how the light is hitting the mask, it can appear as if it's either smiling or frowning. Mm. And that's kind of, it kind of reflects its surroundings. Wow, that's so cool. And uh, that's a, it's a very similar thing to what you see in uh, the movie Spirited Away, where no face is reflected in what he consumes in the world. So whatever he consumes, it kind of changes his appearance and how he acts. And as I said at the start of the, the, the podcast, there are a ton of other ghosts like this in Japanese folklore. We've we've had them e- all emailed in. The uh, the toilet ghost, the weird slit mouth uh, woman. There's, a, mm-hmm. there's tons of them. Um, but this one I thought was really interesting for a number of reasons. And I think there was enough for this particular one that it could be its own episode. As soon as, soon as I read that first big story about Muso... I was like, this is just great. This is just a great ghost story. This yeah, is perfect. It's incredible. But it is a double no and it's a waste of time. It was, a, yeah, yeah. To get, to get to the point, uh, I don't believe it's real, but what a story. Absolutely. So thank you everyone for tuning in to this week's episode of This Paranormal Life. Let us know if you enjoyed these ones, you know, these cases where we've done some like this before, which are more folklore, or we've done some before that are more creepypastas or legends. So uh, let us know if you enjoy them and if you have your own paranormal story that you would like us to investigate, whether it's one you've read about online or one that you've lived through, whether you're recovering from it, whether or not maybe you're still radioactive. And if you thought this story was tanoshi, if you thought it was sugoi, you know, just let us know. If you thought it was uh, genki, if you thought it was genki, just, just write on in. I get it. Okay, you. you if you want to write in Japanese, I'm fluent. Please don't send it in in Japanese. If and if you do, please send in an story, English translation as well, because we will. Nah, we, we just won't do it in Nyongo, <laughs> in kanji if possible. Send them into this paranormal life podcast at gmail.com. 
Some of you may have listened to this week's episode and you're like, well, that sucks because now I'm up to date again. Now I got nothing left. I've heard everything Roy and Kid have done. And now you feel doomed to wander the earth aimlessly in a gray world uh, until another podcast episode turns up. Wandering aimlessly, drinking through a straw. (laughs) That's how life feels without (laughs) new TPL episodes. But we're here to tell you that maybe that's not the case because over on Patreon.com, For as little as five bucks a month, you can get access to what I believe now is 43 bonus episodes. Insanity. As we mentioned earlier, basically a whole year of TPL at your fingertips. We do have a store where you can buy merch online, which is in the description of this podcast. But if you want to support the show, keep it running for many, many years to come, the best way to do that is on Patreon. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, What about these bonus episodes? What if I don't like them? Maybe they're not the same as the regular episodes. Well, we're here to put those fears at rest because we just released June's bonus episode, Haunted Disneyland, where we covered all the myths and legends and curses allegedly taking place at Disneyland's all across the world. That was a really fun episode. I really uh, it's actually, that It's pretty much, this is a great plug because that was a very, very fun episode. It really was. And just to give you a little taste of how that episode went and whether or not you want to listen to it, here's a little clip right now. In 1999, a family at Disneyland were enjoying the ride, It's a Small World, when suddenly... The ride came to a complete stop and everything shut down. Staff appeared immediately to evacuate everyone and an announcement crackled over the PA. Disneyland thanks you for your visit. Please evacuate the attraction in an orderly fashion. Keep looking forward and follow the directions of the staff. Well, the mother of the family could see that there was an emergency vehicle waiting outside. So taking the opportunity to capture some cool pictures of It's a Small World while the ride was shut down, she took out her camera and began snapping. Maybe she was just trying to use up the camera roll. Maybe she took the picture by accident. But after their trip was over, the family had the pictures developed and couldn't believe what she had captured on her camera. I'm so excited to see what this could be. Feast your eyes on this. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm looking at, it appears to be a small child or person uh, levitating at the top of the roof. Either that or this human (laughs) is hanging from a noose, uh, looking down on them, riding this ride. It looks like one of the childlike animatronics floating in the air like Mewtwo hovering above the ride, looking down at everyone. It looks like kind of an action shot as well, like she was kind of getting off the ride, snapped this picture up into the rafters. Oh, this is the last thing you see before you die. That's for sure. It's like Predator up there, hanging from a tree. (laughs) They knew it was coming down. It's terrifying. Thank you for enjoying your stay at Disneyland. One of the animatronics has become sentient and we believe (laughs) has gone super safe. Our team of hunters has been deployed and will be dealing with the beast immediately. It can eject acidic goo from its <laughs> tear ducts. Please watch for this as you make your way to the exit. We encourage all of our passengers to please move forward and refrain from- Don't, don't look up! Don't look up at it! Oh my god! He's broken into the- He's broken into the office! <laughs> Get oh, the control room! Save yourself! Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh what an episode. That was a good one. Also, in that episode, we talked a lot about uh, the behind the scenes of this paranormal life. Um, 
the tragic backstory behind me trying to set up a private members club website. Sure. And asking people to DM me on Twitter. Uh, but we also talk a little bit about uh, the future of the podcast and the kind of changes that we want to be making to the online store and ultimately the Patreon. So if you are interested in all things this paranormal life and want to learn a little bit more about what we've got coming in the future, that's a good place to start. We should do a little more behind the scenes over there because, as we always say, here we dive right in. We do. But uh, yeah, sometimes it's good for you guys to see the tragic peek behind the curtain. Well, I think the joke in the bonus episode was, for once, we don't dive right in and I ask you about your week. And uh, very quickly, I remember why we don't do that at the start of the podcast. Yeah, well, don't ask if you don't want to know. Yeah, it was just weird because it was like it was a bonus episode and we were trying to keep the spirits high and, you know, Mm -hmm. the energy high. Mm -hmm. And you actually hit me with a lot of really, really private, depressing uh, personal shit, which was, you know, it's if you want to talk about that off the podcast, I'm here. But it was just kind of like, you know, I would never talk to you off the podcast. Bit of a weird forum to... (laughs) I would never trust you off the podcast to not tell other people my private information. Right, but you you in turn then saying it on the podcast delivers that information to the public. F***ing hell. You never thought thought about... Shit, quite a lot of people listen to that. To this too! We gotta gotta go, I need to take that down. I need to take that that down. No, you can't take it down. It's it's already uploaded. I I mentioned a lot of names. I mentioned a lot of names. You did, I mean, first and last. You, You said someone's social security numbers. Yeah. Randomly, I told you not to do it and you just started naming social security numbers you got off the dark web. There's enough in that to get me put away. There is. For a long time. There for is. a real long time. I begged you to stop at one point, but you were so keen on bragging about how little tax you paid. Yeah. And I'm already under house arrest, so like one, if I f***ing, if I set a, a literal toe out of line, it's over. You're not at your house, by the way. I can, I can see the background. It looks like you're at a bar somewhere. Well, don't so say Already it. you've broken house arrest. Don't say it out loud because a lot of people listen to this, bud. You shouldn't air my laundry like that on the show. Yeah, the, the waiter's trying to get your attention, by the way, by, just just behind oh, you. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, uh, could I grab um, a bottle of Grey Goose and a bucket of ice? Yeah, and I can afford it too because I don't pay dick in tax. We so. can, your mic is on. What? We can hear, we, he, we heard that. It was off mic. I just, I no, was no. talking to the waiter. Pre- don't okay. publish that. Don't, don't publish that to the, the patrons. Th- thank you for listening uh, to this week's episode yeah, of this Paranormal Life. Yeah, I still want it. Obviously. Uh, we, we'll be back next week uh, with a brand new, well, I'll be back next week. I actually have no idea where Kid is going to be at this There's point. sirens. We need to go. Thanks, everyone. All right. Thank okay. you. Okay. See you bye later. Bye. Thanks for bye tuning bye. in. Bye.